With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You get your podcasts. Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM, and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. And welcome to the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. It's 1460 AM, 106.3 FM, everywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app. My name is Andrew Downs, flying solo with you tonight, but I will not be alone. John Miller, HawkeyePodcast.com, will join me here in just a couple of minutes. I'll get with Joe Hugan in segment number two. We'll get a look at Illinois from their side of things with Bob Osmussen, who covers the Illini for IlliniHQ.com. And in the final segment, we'll have a couple of predictions, and we'll wrap things up before 8 o'clock here. Here and get you out of here so you can go watch Iowa uh, finish a beatdown, I'm sure, of uh, Western Illinois on the basketball court. We will obviously talk a lot of football here tonight, recap the Nebraska game, preview that Illinois game, talk about a feisty Kirk Ferentz, and uh, a four-game win streak, even though Spencer Petras hasn't developed maybe the way we would all have liked him to by now. The team is winning uh, with good defense, good running game. And we'll see if that can continue the next couple of weeks. Uh, where Iowa will play in the December 19th Champions game, we don't know, or Champions Week games, we don't know there yet. Uh, and then we will also talk some hoops as Iowa is off to a 2-0 start. Luca Garza has extended his 20-point game streak and, uh, and looks to, to continue to do that. And then things get real next week for the Hawkeyes on the basketball court as number 14 North Carolina comes to Iowa City on Tuesday. Iowa State comes to Iowa City on Friday. Uh, another tune-up game then before the Gonzaga game, the much-anticipated game against Gonzaga, which at that point could be number one versus number two in the country. We will get there. Uh, first, want to thank uh, the Polk County Eye Club for sponsoring this show and being a part of this. It's a great way for you to support Iowa athletics is by joining the Polk County Eye Club. Uh, Joe Schmelka, who's normally my co-host on this show, is the uh, the president of the Polk County Eye Club. You can get a hold of him and be a part of that really cool group. I also want to thank Reynolds & Reynolds Insurance. They bring you this show each and every week, and they bring you this segment, and we thank them for their support of Hawkeye Nation, Hawkeye Athletics, the Polk County Eye Club, and all of it. And let's get to our first guest. He is John Miller. He's the founder of HawkeyeNation.com. You can find him now at HawkeyePodcast.com doing some really cool things. And uh, we'll let him pontificate about what those things are in just a little bit. But, John, uh, four wins in a row for this team. Did you see anything like this coming after those first two weeks? No, I don't think so. I mean, after the first couple of weeks, you know, we knew at that time that Penn State maybe wasn't a world beater, and they clearly are not. Um, you know, I didn't realize that Iowa's schedule was going to look as favorable as it did the back end. But, you know, it's a testament to them because I, I really felt they were in a very tough position, as you recall, and I don't mind bringing it up, especially when I'm wrong about something. Um, you know, you, you should bring that up. I felt that that Northwestern game was the most important in program history in a long time because I thought if they started 0-2 that the rails might come off the program given what they'd gone through the offseason. And it turns out the opposite has happened. They've really galvanized. They looked at one another, and, and, and they just said, hey, we're not going out like this, and they've won four in a row. 
uh, I think have a real good chance to make it five in a row and maybe even six in a row if they can beat the uh, those pesky Badgers at the end of the year. You know, you talk about that, that Wisconsin game, and we'll certainly get there. Um, uh, but be- before we do, because that's kind of the one rivalry game that hasn't gone Iowa's way lately. And uh, by lately, I'm talking about a decade here uh, here with Iowa and Wisconsin. But the other games really have. And, and now that we can kind of sit back and look at this, six in a row now against Nebraska, six in a row against Minnesota, five in a row against Iowa State. Uh, what what does this mean, I guess, for, for this program to be dominating these these rivalry games so much? Well, I think that, you know, the Iowa State games played early in the year, and I, I think that, the, you know, that, that makes it a little different even for both programs because Iowa State right now with Matt Campbell, you know, they have a much a much more tough physical identity than they used to have. And I think Iowa State's, you know, pretty developmental too. So if both programs played later in the year, I think it'd be maybe a higher-quality football game. But I think, you know, Iowa and Iowa State, and Minnesota and Nebraska offer a lot of the same guys. Uh, Nebraska throws a ton of offers out. Iowa State plays that game, but nobody plays that game like P.J. Fleck. And it's nice to have that level of consistent bragging rights over teams that you run into maybe more, including Illinois, than any other programs out there. So I think that's where it really helps. We, we've uh, in these rivalry games, these last couple of uh, of rivalry games, the the Minnesota game three weeks ago, and then uh, the Nebraska game just this last week. After the game, we've gotten a a type of Kirk Ferentz that I'm not sure any of us ever expected to get. It's it's something I don't recall seeing from him out of, out of 22 years. And really, you know, everybody has talked about and probably listened to and, and watched the video of him reacting to uh, Scott Frost's comments about clapping on the sideline. Uh, but even even kind of before that and then after that, I watched that entire press conference and Kirk was really kind of feeling it after the game on, on Friday. Um, is, is this part of the new Kirk? What, what do you, I guess, chalk this up to, this kind of surly, a uh, snarky Kirk Ferentz that, again, I don't recall seeing in, in 22 years of, of watching him. Yeah, I kind of joked this weekend. It's like, you know, maybe Kirk is going to be done after this year because of the way that he's acting. But, um, I, you know, he's been around for 22 years. He's the longest tenured head coach in the sport. And he pretty much calls the shots and does things his way. And maybe he's just tired of um, some of the – Maybe it's as much as anything, Andrew, a frustration with some of this younger guard of coach that likes to run their mouth a little bit more that is a lot of hat and less cattle, uh, as is the case with Scott Frost. And maybe to a lesser extent now that P.J. Fleck won 11 games last year, P.J. Fleck. These are guys that are rah-rah guys. These are guys that it's just different. And it's a different generation. Maybe it's a generational thing, and maybe Kirk's just kind of had enough of it, and he's just going to start talking about it. Frankly, I really like it. I enjoy it. I like seeing people just be transparent and be genuine. And I think that what we're seeing is a lot more the way that Kirk is behind the walls of Fort Kinnick when he's talking with his players and coaches and people on the inside. That's how Kirk is in you know to the to those that are in the club if you will. That's a lot more like who he is. And what, and that doesn't mean that what we see outwardly and publicly is disingenuous. I think we could all agree that we act one way while we're working and we act other ways while we're not. And when we're around friends and family, you know, you're just, a, you know, your, your guards down, you're a little looser, you're a little freer. I think that's what it is with Kirk, but we're finally getting a chance to see, uh, 
you know, how Kirk might be at the backyard uh, barbecue patio parties, and I like that version. It's interesting because I think you're right on that, and that, that kind of got me thinking um, – because I think there's a, a few reasons he, you hit on a few of them. I'm not sure how much he respects this younger guard of coach and, and the way that they do things. Uh, he certainly didn't like uh, these guys call, calling him out, or I guess Scott Frost calling him or, or his his sideline out on that, and and he and he jumped all over that. Uh, part of it, I think, is 22 years in, and he's kind of the old guard, and, and he he feels a little freer to kind of say what he wants and uh, do what he wants. I do wonder if this change in the program and the culture uh, has has added anything to that too. I mean, if if the players are going to be allowed to kind of show their personality more and and be a little freer for some of that stuff. Maybe maybe that's something that he is is embracing as well. Am, am I thinking too much about that? No, I mean we all probably do think too much about it. Kirk probably would laugh that we're sitting here even talking about it. But I'm not saying it's not worth the discussion on because it's been it's such a departure from how he's been. He'd probably just think it's silly that this is the nature of what people spend their time discussing. I, I think that. I, I just, yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I think it's just the guy's, you know, he, he's comfortable. He's comfortable in his own skin, and he doesn't like some of the things that he sees. And he is absolutely from a different era. There's no question about that. And, you know, he's, he's letting us know about it. I hope we see more. I think if Kirk Ferentz saw the, the things I do on a daily basis, he'd think a lot of the things <laughs> I do are, are silly. But we can talk about that another time. John Miller joining me here, uh, the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. It's 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. Back to on the field, John. Spencer Petras just not developing as much as we would have liked. Six games into his his uh, his first season as a starter. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons, uh, a lot of uh, excuses, you could call them, or just uh, explanations for why this has happened between missing spring football and all the things we've gone over. He has probably had his best two games as a starter these last two games. Took a, a little step back, I think, against Nebraska. Certainly, with that interception, that was just uh, k- kind of mind blowing there. Uh, but but he's not losing games, and, and he's he's putting Iowa in a position to win, or at least allowing them to put themselves, the defense and the running game, in positions to win. I don't think we're going to see a change this season. I would be shocked if we saw a change this season short of an injury or a COVID situation uh, based on uh, Kirk Ferentz's history and the things he's saying about Spencer Petras. Do you, though, see Spencer Petras as a long-term answer at quarterback for the Hawkeyes? I don't right now. I mean, I certainly wouldn't write him even in. I wouldn't even pencil him in as the opening game starter next year. I think it's clear that there's going to be a full-on quarterback competition in spring ball this year, and they will have spring ball. I I don't think there's any doubt about that, and I think Kirk will probably stay as much in January or or whenever he has his kind of new winter press conference at the conclusion of the season. I think he's going to be asked it, and I think he'll say, yeah, it's a wide-open competition between Petrus and Deuce Hogan and Alex Padilla, and it absolutely should be. And if Spencer Petras happens to be named the starter the first game of the 2021 season, you know, I have confidence and believe that he probably earned it. And it was, you know, it was, it happened in practice. But the thing is, if he is, we also will know that Padilla and Hogan will have had another offseason themselves. So if it is, if it is Petras next year in the opening game starter, I think, you know, there's the possibility for a 2008 scenario where Jake Christensen and, and, you know, Kirk really was wanting to back Jake because Jake had a lot of investment in the program and Ken O'Keefe was more partial to what he saw from Ricky Stanzi. And ultimately, Stanzi supplanted Christensen. If Petrus is the starter next year, I think that 
I think that there will be a much shorter hook relative to going to the backup than there is right now because I imagine there is a huge divide between Petrus and the next guy right now. Looking ahead this weekend to the the Illinois game, a team that is has you know turned a corner. I think for the most part, uh, hasn't had a great season this year. But I think that that win over Wisconsin last season really kind of turned things around for them. They ended up getting to a bowl game for the first time under Lovey Smith, and and have. Uh, had some COVID issues early in the season, obviously weren't able to play Ohio State this last Saturday, but looked really good against Nebraska a couple of weeks ago, much better than Iowa looked against Nebraska. Uh, how dangerous is this Illinois team that, uh, that Iowa's playing on Saturday? Well, I think that Illinois is a team, they obviously like to run the ball. They're second in the Big Ten in rushing uh, at 222 yards per game. And they, you'll see most of their rushes come out of spread formations, meaning three or four wide receiver sets. You might have heard me talk about that before. Um, they're not a very good run defense team, yet neither was Nebraska. And I think that Iowa invites its own trouble. Iowa invites its own stack boxes because of the formations that they try to run out of. And what that is even more exacerbated by is Spencer Petrus's inability to even consistently hit those intermediate passes in the passing game, and Petrus isn't doing that. It compresses the entire area with which Iowa's offense likes to operate in, that 10-yard area primarily, and makes it a lot harder and puts more pressure on Petrus. So I think that Illinois is definitely an opponent that should have Iowa's full attention. I'm sure that they will in-house. And I think out here in the fandom, I wouldn't just assume – that Iowa is going to steamroll Illinois. Um, and, and, and I think that the fandom maybe doesn't think that either because we've all sat here for six games and watched the struggles that Petrus has had. And I think most people understand how that trickles down to maybe even more negatively affecting the running game. Is this a rivalry that, that you could see at some point having some more juice? It's kind of weird that, that it hasn't, and I think it's just because it's been so lopsided in Illinois uh, on the football field. hasn't been much to, to talk about lately. It's certainly a rivalry on the basketball floor, or at least it was last season and will be in the one game that the teams get this year. Uh, but you're, you're a guy from, from that part of the, of the country. Is, this, is there a chance that someday this Iowa-Illinois football game feels like a real rivalry game? I guess there's a chance, but you're right. You know, the Iowa-Illinois basketball rivalry um, really heated up in the late 80s when, you know, Bruce Pearl, then Iowa assistant, tape-recorded a conversation with then top recruit Deion Thomas and got Illinois, helped get them in trouble relative to um, potentially offering benefits that were not permissible. And that really caused the basketball rivalry to heat up, and it's never stopped. And in football at one point in time, the Iowa-Illinois football game was pretty fiery, and they stopped playing the game for a while because of fruit that was thrown from the stands down onto the field. But I've been watching this one since the 80s. You know, and John Makovic was similar to Hayden Fry and a bit of a maverick and bringing the uh, forward passing game to the Big Ten. And, you know, uh, he, he was there until around 83 or so. And then there's Mike White. Um, a coach there that also kind of carried that mantle. But then after the 80s, and they had some amazing linebackers and things of that nature for splashes here and there in the 90s, their program has been rather moribund. And it just hasn't ever felt personal with regards to Illinois football. The way that it feels personal with Iowa State, with Nebraska, 
and with Minnesota and to some extent now Northwestern. It's just not felt that way with Illinois. Is it possible? Yes. Iowa recruits Illinois more than it recruits any other state other than the state of Iowa. But so do several other programs. So I, I guess, Andrew, Illinois is going to have to kind of stand up and, and you know, meet its part of the bargain for there to be uh, for there to be a rivalry. He's John Miller. I'm Andrew Downs. This is the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO, 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. Let's transition into the basketball team, John, and uh, a couple of games into the season, another game tonight, and Iowa has done what you would, would hope they would do against bad teams. The third-ranked Hawkeyes really kind of blowing out a couple of teams. Luca Garza uh, scoring at will, doing whatever he wants. The, the team has looked good so far, but it's been hard to, to sit back and watch all of these other big programs and high-ranked teams kind of fight it out amongst themselves and and shuffle around and, and see who who is good and who isn't and see Baylor against Illinois and Gonzaga play big games and uh, it, it's been hard to sit back and not be a part of that as, as an Iowa fan uh, I guess first ha, has there been anything that you've learned about this team in the first couple of games before we really get a measuring stick game next week um yeah you're you're dead on right it's been really hard not watching that um, and not being, not seeing Iowa be in some of those marquee games. But I've reminded myself, well, about ready to get real after tonight's game against Western Michigan, who will be the lowest rated team Iowa faces all season long. They get, you know, as far as Ken Pomeroy's range, 15th North Carolina uh, next Tuesday, um, 70th Iowa State next Friday before another little tightener against Northern Illinois, who's 266. And then it's number one Gonzaga, number 25 Purdue, number 36 Minnesota, et cetera, et cetera. So what have we learned? Right now, Iowa's effective field goal ranking nationally is 13th at 60.2%. And effective field goal percentage is a number that I'm really going to be focusing on this year because Iowa is not going to be the type of defensive team that is going to look like your typical Sweet 16 team if Iowa is to get to the Sweet 16. They're going to have to be similar to the outlier teams that get there. And one common trait those outlier teams typically have outliers relative to teams that are not good defensively is their ability to hit the three ball and effective field goal percentage is a great way to look at that and your top 15 in effective field goal percentage typically has a, a, an EFG of about 54 55 percent Iowa's at 60.2 percent right now 13th in the nation and they have the third most efficient offense in the sport but they played a couple of scrubs now Matt Benson on Twitter tweeted out the other day that Iowa has not scored a minimum of 97 points in each of their first two games since 97-98, which was also the last time they happened to make the Sweet 16. If Iowa's going to get there this year, it's going to have to come from three. Luca Garza is not going to be averaging 33.5 points in a couple of weeks. He's still good, but Iowa's going to need games more like what they had against Southern, Andrew, where they were, I think, 12 of 24 from three. You know, have games where they're like, you know, 10 of 25, 10, no, no worse than 10 of 30. Um, or that's what I think we're going to see, and this team is capable of it. It was real nice to see Joe Wieskamp kind of bust out of an elongated slump, and yes, I think that they can do that, but we haven't seen Jack Nungy yet see what he can do maybe defensively, but I'm pretty convinced this team is going to be about what we thought they were going to be on defense, Um, and offensively, I think from the outside, they can be what we thought they were. It'll just be nice to see them get a test against a really good team, and that's not going to happen tonight.
The team is stacked with guys that we've thought a lot about, talked a lot about, and seen a lot play together. These are uh, even a guy like CJ Frederick. For whatever reason, it doesn't feel like this is just his second year in the program. Uh, but there are newcomers that that are that at least uh, up till now in these first couple of games have been adding some minutes. Is there any newcomer or anything you've seen from these guys that that really has jumped out of you through two games? You know, I think Keegan Murray's skill set is more intriguing to me than I thought. Um, and it's more advanced than I thought. I'm not saying that he's advanced. I'm just saying that, you know, that first game they played, he was putting up threes like that's all he does. He was not shy. And when you see a freshman like that that's put in in the first half that comes in and just starts jacking threes like that and then doing it in good spots and in good form, you instantly know that he's doing that and hitting those in practice. And he's an active body. He's going to be around the rim. I really like what we see from him. Um, and Connor McCaffrey actually looked like a man and not a boy. I mean, just one off season of maturation. He's up to over 200 pounds now. His skill set with his length and height is really intriguing. I think, Andrew, we also know what our rotation is going to be relative to the Iowa basketball team. And I say our, and I shouldn't do that, but I just did. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's, it's Garza, it's Wees Camp, it's Connor McCaffrey, and it's Jordan Bohannon and CJ Frederick. And then off the bench, you're going to have Joe Toussaint. You're going to have Jack Nunji. You're going to have, and you're going to have, um, oh, Patrick McCaffrey and Keegan Murray. You have a nine man rotation. I think that's the bench. It's a nine man rotation. And I think that that's probably as deep as Iowa needs to go, barring injuries. HawkeyePodcast.com is doing some cool, uh, innovative, unique things. Uh, I know that you you and your subscribers uh, put together a, a really cool donation this past week. And uh, just tell us about that. Tell us about how things are going and, and how people can get involved with HawkeyePodcast.com. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Thank you. You know, I, I kind of hit the, the number of subscribers I targeted to have in November. I hit that by the middle of the month. And I said any, any additional subscription dollars we got between November 16th to the end of the month we were going to send on to the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. So we're sending sent them a thousand dollar check. So thank you to all of you for helping to do that. And um, you know, uh, had a little live broadcast earlier tonight. Um, and I'll have another live broadcast tonight immediately following the Iowa basketball game. Just go to hawkeyepodcast.com and you can see that those live broadcasts are free for anyone. Doesn't cost you anything, but to access the podcasts and the things I write. Just the four ninety nine get in, and um, it's just me doing things I've always wanted to do. Just utilizing a little more, a little more technology now, and doing things like that. So uh, it's basically John Miller in twenty twenty with twenty twenty technology. Well, and uh, and with a twenty twenty basketball team, twenty twenty one maybe that uh, that is poised to do some historic things. So a good time to jump on HawkeyePodcast dot com and uh, and enjoy the ride there. John, thank you as always. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Andrew. Take care. That is John Miller. This is the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show. When we come back, we got Joe Hugan, the voice of the fan, joining me. We'll talk about the Surly Kirk Ferentz and a heck of a lot more here on KXNO, 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. This is the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show. Reynolds & Reynolds is a full-service, family-owned insurance agency in downtown Des Moines for over 30 years. Hi, I'm Stan W. Reynolds. Reynolds & Reynolds offers a full line of insurance products, including health, life, disability, 401k, property, and liability insurance. At Reynolds & Reynolds, we make sure our clients get the best attention, service, claims handling, and price. Please call Reynolds & Reynolds at 1-800-767-1724 to set up a free insurance consultation with one of our agents. Or look us up on the web at Reynolds-Reynolds.com. At Reynolds & Reynolds, Inc., no one works harder to manage your risks. 
John Miller here for The Roman Group. They're a public accounting firm in West Des Moines. They believe in the value of relationships and view each client like a partnership. The Roman Group believes their company's success is a result of their client's success. Services include tax accounting and business consulting. The Roman Group is locally owned and operated, providing services throughout the Midwest as well as nationally. Call The Roman Group at 515-278-4531. That's 515-278-4531. The Roman Group says, Go Hawks! Dave, Fast Signs helps businesses like yours with their visual communications. We ask the right questions, recommend smart solutions, and help you build your business. Our knowledgeable consultants uncover your communication challenges and provide visible solutions. At Fast Signs, we're innovators, planners, and designers. We're more than fast, more than signs, and we're more than ready to help. Contact Fast Signs today. Call Fast Signs and Claude at 224 1210 or visit fastsigns.com slash 42. Hey, folks, John. John Miller here. It's a new football season, but West Side Appliance Repair is still doing fantastic work. When you have a washing machine, refrigerator, dishwasher, or any home appliance in need of repair, I highly recommend you call them. I've done so in the past. They took care of me. They have the best and most experienced service technicians in Central Iowa, and West Side's been serving Central Iowa homes for over 50 years. Give West Side a call, 515-276-8899. West Side Appliance, your home appliance repair experts. Do you own or manage a fleet of cars, trucks, or equipment? At Manchester Leasing Services, we partner with business owners and decision makers in the management of their ever-changing vehicle fleets. We work hand-in-hand with clients who are frustrated with the vehicle acquisition and disposal processes or who are in search of lower vehicle operating costs and a better overall service process, all to help them save time, improve their bottom line, and stay focused on their business. Call Manchester Leasing for all your fleet management and leasing needs. 515-446-7322 or Manchester ls.com again that's 515-446-7322 or manchesterls.com Welcome back to the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show. My name is Andrew Downs. This is KXNO, 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. We are powered by Manchester Leasing, and we thank them for their support of Hawkeye Athletics, HawkeyeNation.com, and the Polk County Eye Club. You can get involved with the Polk County Eye Club. Uh, it's a great way to support Hawkeye Athletics, have some cool events. In normal times, there's a lot of really cool things that happen with the Polk County Eye Club, uh, so look to get involved with that. Joe Schmelka, the president of the Polk County Eye Club, is usually my, uh, my co-host here tonight. I am flying solo but again i am not alone as i bring in the voice of the fan at hawkeye it's joe hugan he does podcasts for us he does a lot of cool stuff and he joins me each and every thursday right here on the hawkeye nation radio show what's up joe hey andrew i uh, thought i'd get a, a clapping ovation tonight <laughs> I, I didn't want to throw you off your game man i did i didn't want you to snap the ball 15 yards over my head due, due to the clap. hey you know, you never know. Uh, you know, without a crowd, you know that clapping can get distracting. I, I, I tweeted something about you know. I wonder if if did the did the sound waves of the claps affect the ball so much that it it went right into Adrian Martinez's shins or over his head? <laughs> uh, that was one of the more bizarre post games I, I remember. This this whole year and and these post game conference, uh, uh, you know, with with the coaches have just been excellent with Kirk. 
uh, he's going to make a lot of uh, T-shirts and a lot of people some money this year, and I love it. <laughs> There's love no it. doubt about it. What, what do you – What do you? I, I talked with John Miller about this a little bit in the last segment, and I, I think there are a bunch of reasons, right? I, I think that, that you can talk about um, You know, it's 22 years in for Kirk Ferentz, and maybe he, he doesn't care as much what people think of him or, or what he says or if he gets clapped back at all. I do think that – and maybe I'm overthinking this a bit, but you know the change in the program that happened over the summer and the kind of letting – the players let their flags fly and let their personalities show. Maybe, maybe Kirk has seen that a little bit and said, "You know what? I, I can let a little, little bit of more of my personality show." And then I do think a part of it is you see the guys he's doing this to. You see the, uh, you know, leave the timeouts, take the trophy against PJ Fleck. You see the uh, outburst or. That's probably not the right word. It wasn't an outburst. It was a reaction to what Scott Frost said on Friday afternoon. Uh, and it's against these kind of young, this next generation of coach that's a little more boisterous, uh, a little less humble. And, uh, and maybe Kirk uh, isn't as big a fan of, uh, of the way that they handle themselves, I guess. Well, what do you see when you, when you hear Kirk do this? Uh, I guess what, what, what do you take as the reason why we're seeing this side of Kirk Ferentz? Kirk Ferentz is that old school guy, uh, no nonsense, uh, you know, take responsibility, which, I mean, largely he has taken responsibility for pretty much everything that he's done as a coach from, from the, the very beginning all the way up until now. It's, uh, it, it's always been about responsibility. These guys, Frost, you know, he came in at the same, uh, same time as uh, uh, Kirk did when he was uh, coming in. And uh, are, you, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry. No, it's all good. I'm sorry. I, I had a got a phone call there. I'm, I'll oh, just, no, it's okay. That's yeah, okay. I'll, um, just, I'll just edit this up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. No. So uh, Scott Frost is actually I, I heard was the same age right now that uh, Kirk was when he came into the program. Oh, wow. And and you didn't see the, the same kind of uh, uh, reactions after games. You know, Kirk kind of took it humbly. You know built the program, moved it forward, whereas, you know, these younger guys just find excuses and are, are a little more a little more flair to their uh, their production at the end of games, and that's just not his style. So I think that uh, that has a lot to do with uh, uh, what, what Kirk's thinking uh, when he's just kind of had it. It's not his style. He doesn't understand these guys and, and why uh, – they're kind of whining about things. Well, it wasn't the prettiest game. Uh, maybe didn't go as easily as uh, as we all hoped or th- or thought it would on Friday afternoon. But a win is a win, nonetheless. Uh, what did you see out of the team that you liked uh, Friday in that in that win over Nebraska? Really, I mean, the guys all stuck together. The defense continually is doing a fantastic job. I mean, there's just so many players there. Um, ben Valkenberg, um, uh, Jacobs, uh, you've uh, got. Uh, uh, Davion Nixon, who just can you know completely destroys people. There's just been a lot of team play. They, they continually get better, um, pushing quarterbacks around, really getting into them. There hasn't been a lot of uh, uh, vertical passes. Secondary has really shorn up. It's it's just been great to watch. The the offense, um, well, we're still struggling. Um, I had mentioned in my podcast too that you know it, it's it's time we kind of address a little bit more seriously where the quarterback situation is, and it's not uh, to disparage. Spencer Petras. He's a great, he's a great guy. Uh, I like him, but you know, you have to look at his numbers. And when looking at the numbers, I, I went and looked at all the other uh, big 10 quarterbacks. Now, some of the numbers are kind of, uh, you know, not everybody's played a full slate of games. Yeah. A little we skewed. Have, yeah. We should have a, a little, uh, a little extra because we have, but he's actually at the bottom for QBR right now. Wow. Uh, not to say that he can't get better, 
but uh, he, he's sitting at a 56. And I, I do like the QBR a little bit better than the uh, just the you know strict passing rating because it gives the overall view of what the quarterback's doing. So he has time to you know to improve that. He's going to be the guy for the rest of the year. I think we all know that. Yeah. It, it, it's Kirk's mo. You're not going to see any change if there is going to be a change until the off season going into next season. But while he is our quarterback, I am I'm all in for him. I, I want him to do well, and that's why you're going to see. Uh, Brian Ferris continue to force him to throw the ball because either he's going to get better or he's not, and then he's you know not going to be the quarterback next year. But we should all be you know prepared to give our full support to him because we want him to be good. Absolutely, and, and you know the team is winning even though he's not playing great. I, I do think he probably had his his best two games these last two games. I think he was a little better against Penn State than he was against uh, Nebraska, and certainly that that one interception is just kind of an inexcusable decision that that yep. he made there. But uh, but the team is not losing these games. He's he's doing enough to allow the team to put themselves in a position to win. And I think you're exactly right that uh, this season he is the guy. You know, barring an injury or a COVID situation, uh, we're not going to see Alex Padilla start a game this year and uh and then we'll see a, i think a full-fledged quarterback competition going into next year and into the spring and, and hopefully it's a normal spring and we can have a a normal off season and, and come back stronger uh, uh next season it's going to be interesting but again they're winning games and they're they're extending streaks six in a row now against nebraska six in a row now against minnesota five in a row against iowa state uh, we've already had six in a row against Illinois. If you if you consider them a rival, looking for seven this weekend, how big is it to to extend these streaks and, and just kind of have these dominant runs against our biggest rivals? I I think it's important. I mean, Kirk would say it's the next game. You know, every game's important, um, but it it kind of shows a dominance that we can beat these teams, and if we can consistently do it, I mean, I would say it's very important for Wisconsin to beat Iowa every year, and they've shown that. Um, for us to do this to other teams and to set that precedent, I think it's important. It shows a program that is building and trying to turn that corner. I think we've turned the corner as far as recruiting because that has gotten a lot better, um, especially after 2015. I think that's when it, the catalyst started with recruiting, and we've continued to get better and better. Um, now we're just looking to turn that corner and beating the teams that we've had a little more uh, difficulty with. Um, we haven't had difficulties with Nebraska, Illinois, um, you know Minnesota, but we have to beat those teams that have obviously. So I, I think it's important to continue those streaks and to you know lay that that footwork for other teams to uh, potentially fall to us. But uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of my feelings to it. It's it, it needs to uh, continue in that direction. How do you feel about this Illinois game? Are are you worried at all? Do you think this is a, a dangerous game for the Hawkeyes? Man, if I'm not worried, <laughs> then there's something to worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and um, me both. <laughs> So I, I think that we shouldn't go in there thinking that we're going to score a, a ton of points. I mean, I kind of did that uh, against Nebraska. I thought, yeah. hey, we're going to get 40 points. Um, didn't really say that out loud because <laughs> I wasn't too sure. <laughs> but I know a lot of people are expecting us to go in you know, and, and score, you know, just take these guys off the map with 40, 50 points. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I really don't. And partly, I, I think that's going to be – they know we're going to be running uh, the ball most of the time. We're pretty one-dimensional right now just because we haven't gotten in the past. We, we are occasionally able to get some to Laporta, um, you know, Regani on the edge, and uh, uh, Amir Smith-Marset. But we'd have to get those guys a lot more involved if we expect to have a much higher um, scoring game. So I just think it's going to be a much, much of a ground game and, you know, just trying to chip away the time. And I think that's Iowa's game plan. They're going to go in there, grind the clock out, get out of there with a, a couple touchdown victory and, 
and call it a day. From your your lips to God's ears, I hope that I hope that is how it goes on uh, on Saturday afternoon. It, sh- it should be fun to watch. Uh, hopefully, extend that that to a five game win streak and uh, and set up a big game against Wisconsin uh, in the final week of the regular season. Transitioning here to the basketball season, where the third ranked Hawkeyes are off to a two and zero start. And if you're listening to this uh, after Thursday night, probably a three and zero start. Uh, I think I think I'm I'm fairly safe in saying that because Joe, in, in two games, Iowa has done what we expected them to do. They've looked the way we've expected them to look they haven't had a match you know a a game where they've um really had to bring it they haven't had a game where uh, like a lot of other teams have I was talking to John earlier just saying it's been hard as a fan to kind of watch these other teams match up against each other and and kind of have a measuring stick game here and there and, and Iowa just hasn't had that yet but through two games uh, I know you like what you've seen what have you seen that maybe you didn't expect or or a newcomer that you like or I guess just overall what have you seen out of this basketball team uh, the first week of the season well you know Patrick McCaffrey man that that dude is going to be on fire. Yes. Um, I think maybe maybe a little more size to him, but he's put on a lot of weight already. He is a special player, uh, along with uh, the Murray twins. Just so much talent, and I and I love them coming off the bench. They they add a lot of points and a lot of fire. And actually, uh, this last game, there's not much to compare. We've only had two games, but you know, off the bench, we had some uh, people outscoring some of the starters. So there's definitely a lot of. Uh, uh, basketball to go around and these guys are all getting fairly good minutes um you know luca garza is doing luca garza's work so a guy getting 31 points um in the first half that's unreal i don't care if you're if you're playing um it doesn't matter who you're playing <laughs> if you're scoring 31 points in the first half you are on fire you are the the targeted player of the year um with a uh, a big uh, target planted on your back for the big 10 so. You can hear more of Joe Hugan at HawkeyeNation.com where he does podcasts for us each and every week and then right here every Thursday on the Hawkeye Nation radio show. Joe, always appreciate it. Enjoy tonight. Enjoy this weekend. Uh, enjoy Tuesday night, Iowa, North Carolina. That should be fun, and we will talk all about that a week from tonight. Yeah, absolutely, and a big shout-out to uh, Tom Davis. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dr. Tom. Thank you, man. I appreciate you throwing that in there. Thank you. All right, have a good one, Joe. And uh, we will be back. This is the Hawkeye Nation radio show. It's powered by Manchester Leasing. It is on KXNO, 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. Stick around. Do you own or manage a fleet of cars, trucks, or equipment? At Manchester Leasing Services, we partner with business owners and decision makers in the management of their ever-changing vehicle fleets. We work hand-in-hand with clients who are frustrated with the vehicle acquisition and disposal processes or who are in search of lower vehicle operating costs and a better overall service process, all to help them save time, improve their bottom line, and stay focused on their business. Call Manchester Leasing for all your fleet management and leasing needs. 515-446-7322 or Manchester ls.com again that's 515-446-7322 or manchesterls.com John Miller here for the Roman Group. They're a public accounting firm in West Des Moines. They believe in the value of relationships and view each client like a partnership. The Roman Group believes their company's success is a result of their client's success. Services include tax accounting and business consulting. The Roman Group is locally owned and operated, providing services throughout the Midwest as well as nationally. Call the Roman Group at 515-278-4531. That's 515-278-4531. The Roman Group says, Go Hawks! 
Reynolds and Reynolds is a full-service, family-owned insurance agency in downtown Des Moines for over 30 years. Hi, I'm Stan W. Reynolds. Reynolds and Reynolds offers a full line of insurance products, including health, life, disability, 401k, property, and liability insurance. At Reynolds and Reynolds, we make sure our clients get the best attention, service, claims handling, and price. Please call Reynolds and Reynolds at 1-800-767-1724 to set up a free insurance consultation with one of our agents. Or look us up on the web at Reynolds-Reynolds.com. At Reynolds & Reynolds, Inc., no one works harder to manage your risks. Every day, Fast Science helps businesses like yours with their visual communications. We ask the right questions, recommend smart solutions, and help you build your business. Our knowledgeable consultants uncover your communication challenges and provide visible solutions. At Fast Science, we're innovators, planners, and designers. We're more than fast, more than signs, and we're more than ready to help. Contact Fast Science today. Call Fast Science and Clyde at 224-1210 or visit fastsigns.com slash 42. Hey, folks, John Miller here. It's a new football season, but West Side Appliance Repair is still doing fantastic work. When you have a washing machine, refrigerator, dishwasher, or any home appliance in need of repair, I highly recommend you call them. I've done so in the past. They took care of me. They have the best and most experienced service technicians in Central Iowa, and West Side's been serving Central Iowa homes for over 50 years. Give Westside a call, 515-276-8899. Westside Appliance, your home appliance repair experts. Welcome back to the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. It's 1460 AM, 106.3 FM, anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app. My name is Andrew Downs. I'm flying solo tonight. Joe Schmelka not able to join me, uh, but you can join Joe Schmelka. He is the president of the Polk County iClub, and you can become a member of the Polk County iClub and help support Hawkeye Athletics, and we appreciate your support of HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, check out that website, man. we got a lot going on there. Rick Brown is writing for us. John Bonencamp, Rob Howe, Anna Kaiser. we got Lucy Rodine doing podcasts and video work. We have Joe Hugan doing podcasts. I do a couple of podcasts a week there. My Self. We try to cover the Hawkeyes uh, from every angle, every day, and uh, have new content up there constantly. So please check out that website, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, we would enjoy that as we head into a very fun time to be a Hawkeye fan. The the Iowa basketball team, obviously a, a third-ranked team in the country right now. That season is really about to start getting going. A game tonight against Western Illinois, but then the North Carolina game, the Iowa State game next week, the Gonzaga game on December 19th, and then into Big Ten play where Iowa is uh, expected to compete, if not win, a Big Ten championship outright for the first time in my lifetime. First time since, I think, 1979. Uh, and then the chances to go far in an, in an NCAA tournament that uh, we weren't able to see this this past season. So hoping for the best there. The Iowa women's basketball team is off to a great start and doing big things. Uh, Caitlin Clark, good God, this player is uh, is incredible as a freshman. 30 points, 13 assists last night against Drake. What what a game that she had and what a start to her career as a Hawkeye. Um, and, and a lot of success in Lisa Bluter's program right now. Iowa really an up-and-coming up program in women's basketball. Of course, wrestling. Uh, when and, and, and if that season gets going, Iowa's going to be the favorite to win the national title. Got it robbed from them last year. Spencer Lee uh, looks like he will be a, a four-time national champion if, if he continues going the way he has been. Um, didn't get that robbed because he gets that year of eligibility back, and that's fantastic. But uh, a lot of cool stuff. And then uh, 
a football team with a four-game win streak after a, a rough start and uh, and some cool things on the horizon, including a, a game this weekend against Illinois. And that's where we're going to go now because I have uh, Bob Osmussen as my guest. He is the Illinois football beat writer for the Champaign News Gazette and IlliniHQ.com, and he's going to give us the skinny on the Illini. Bob, thank you for the time today. Anytime. So first, looking at the team overall, it seemed like things had turned a bit of a corner last year with the return to the bowl game. I know this season got off to kind of a rough start, but a couple of wins have followed. Does it feel like the program has some positive momentum? I, I would say yes. I think they really missed the chance to play Ohio State. Not because they thought necessarily they would win, but I think they ha- thought they'd have a chance to play a good game against them. But the two wins against Rutgers and Nebraska, both on the road, were really important to this team because if they start 0-5 going into Ohio State, it would, would have been a problem. But I think they feel like they've made positive strides at this point. How strange was that this last weekend? You know, here in Iowa, we've been pretty lucky. We haven't had to deal with a COVID cancellation yet. And uh, and I know the one against Ohio State came pretty pretty late in the game. I think it was Friday night when that game was canceled. Uh, how strange was that in this ultimately strange year uh, to have that game kind of pulled, the, the rug pulled out from under everybody uh, on, on the last minute there? It would have been tougher if we hadn't been hearing rumors pretty much all week that Ohio State had some issues. So maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, you start hearing, hey, they got some positive cases. We didn't know about Coach Day until later in the week. But I think people here were like, okay, maybe this will, maybe we heard about it being pushed back or whatever. So I think it would, if it would just been completely loud and blue, it would have been a real problem. But the guys handled it pretty well. To, to their credit, Illinois has been really good about this. They've had two positive cases, um, Brandon Peters being one of them. They've had some contact tracing, but that's pretty much it. They've really followed the rules. So I think it was disturbing or disappointing to them that the team they were playing clearly had some issues that Illinois did not have. So, yeah, I think it was a tough moment. They wanted to play. I mean, there was no question. They had a chance to play number three. They wanted, they wanted that chance. So that is really disappointing for the team and for the coaches. Yeah, really, after knocking off Wisconsin last season, it's got to feel like uh, like they, they could beat anybody. Uh, you know, Bob, for those of us who, who haven't watched every game, but, you know, kind of take a look at the stat sheet to see who, who to look out for, it, it's hard to decipher, to be honest. It seems like a lot of guys are getting playing time and, and having an impact. So uh, maybe you can boil this down for us. Who should Iowa fans be looking for as offensive playmakers this weekend? Well, the first one is pretty obvious is Brandon Peters, the quarterback, who's it's hard to look at his stats and realize what he's done because he missed three games because of COVID. So he played against Wisconsin, had a really rough game. The whole team had a rough game. Came back for, for Nebraska, played a really good game. Uh, they don't win without me on the field there. I think they all know that. And he's can be really effective. He's got a lot of weapons around him. He's really willing to spread the ball around. He throw the tight ends, throw the, throw the receivers, throw them running back. But he's also got a great running game in my mind. Uh, Chase Brown and Dave, Mike Epstein have played so well this year. They're basically tied in terms of rushing yards. They do the kind of the same things, but they've been really good. Mike Epstein is kind of a great story because he's had, he missed last season because of the 20 ACL. He came back strong. He's played well. He's a good guy around the goal line. Plus, he's got good speed. Uh, good speed. So I think uh, that would be where Brandon would look first. He's get some help from the running backs. And again, against Iowa, what they're going to try to do, what I was going to try to do, is control the ball. I think Iowa wants to do the same thing: keep the ball, uh, maintain drives, 
get the ball in the end zone and try to keep the score low and, and close to late in the game. How about defensively? Who are some big playmakers or, or maybe a position group to look for as we watch this game? Well, Jake Hansen, the linebacker, who uh, was not on the time of finalist list for the Buckets, but probably should have been. He's a guy that not only does he tackle a lot of people, but he, he forces turnovers a lot. He's got two interceptions. He scores fumbles. He recovers fumbles. He's around the ball. So he, he'll be a guy that um, if he's in the middle of it a lot on Saturday, which I expect he will be, that'll be a good thing for Illinois. And I think the position group that's kind of being maligned but seems to play better lately is the defense backs. They've got some a lot of experience back there. They seem to be right on the same, on the same page now. And I think they'll play better this, this week. When you look at Iowa, um, what, what do you think is, is kind of the most dangerous part of this Hawkeye team from an Illinois perspective? Well, I think the potential for the passing game. Uh, Illinois, they've done well or pretty well against the run. Where they, where they struggle is a team that can throw the ball deep, throw the ball around, spread the ball around. I think when you look at Iowa's weapons, that seems to be an issue for Illinois. It seems like quarterbacks playing better every week. He's getting more in tune to what he's doing. And I think a lot of people, they expect Iowa to try to run the ball because that's kind of their uh, M.O. But I think also Illinois would be fine with that. I don't think they want to see the ball in there a lot because that's been an issue for Illinois a lot this year. You know, this is a border, border rivalry that, that it's probably seen better days. The, the basketball side of things uh, certainly seems to be really heating up, and, and that's really cool. That's That was fun last season. I think it'll be a fun, uh, unfortunately, only one game, Iowa-Illinois, this season, or at least in the, in the regular season. Uh, but I think that's a fun a fun rivalry. Hopefully this football rivalry will, will kind of come hand-in-hand hand with that. Now, Iowa has had the upper hand in this series as of late, and I think that's probably hindering some of the rivalry aspect of it. But how do Illinois fans view the Iowa program, and and I guess, do you think this could ever be a great border rivalry? Oh, I definitely think it can be. But you have to have – it can be one-sided. So I was run once – I went six in a row. And, and the games, a lot of the games have not been close, including two years ago here. Iowa won 6 2 3 nothing. People talk about that game. We'll talk about it for a long time. Until Illinois is consistently able to compete with Iowa, this game – this rivalry won't be great. But they get to a point where they're playing, both playing well, both top 25 caliber teams. Then I think it could be Illinois' best rival because there's a, obviously there's some connections there, both physically in terms of where you are ge- geographically, but also the fact there's so many kids from Illinois playing for Iowa. And that doesn't happen the other way. There's not a lot of Iowa kids on the Illinois team, but it goes that way. I think they're, you know, so you're playing with your neighbor. You're playing because kids you grew up with. In fact, Illinois has got a kid, uh, Defensive player here, whose brother is a receiver to Iowa. That and the dad, I think their dad played played at Iowa too. So that's kind of a cool deal. You got that kind of brother brotherly rivalry. So I think that it could be a be a deal. And I, I'd like to see this become a trophy game. Yeah, I know Illinois got a lot of trophies. I know Iowa has a lot of trophies, but I think Illinois this would make since they're going to play every year. Makes sense that they come up with something. I'm not sure what it would be, but I think they'll just enhance the whole thing too. I, I like that. I like that idea a lot. I think that would really add some juice and, and really put this uh, put this to the next level. He is at Bob Osmussen on Twitter. Give him a follow for all your Illinois news. Check out his work, Champagne News Gazette, IlliniHQ.com. Bob, thank you as always for the time, man. I appreciate it.
I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. There it is. A little worried that Bob thinks Iowa can uh, attack through the air because uh, we have not seen Iowa be able to do that offensively this season. Maybe this is the game. Maybe Spencer Petras' seventh game against Illinois is his breakout game. We will see. Certainly has the weapons, uh, but I expect Iowa to uh, to look good in this game. I expect that defense to play well. The special teams always does. Uh, the running game should have some success success as well. And, uh, and hopefully we have a fun afternoon on Saturday. This is the Hawkeye Nation radio show. We are powered by the Vroman CPA Group, and we appreciate their support, not just of this show, but of Hawkeye Athletics and the Polk County Eye Club as well. The Vroman CPA Group. Check them out. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show with some predictions and uh, send you off on your merry way here on this beautiful Thursday night in Des Moines. It is KXNO, 1460 AM, 106.3 FM, and this is the Hawkeye Nation radio show. Hey folks, John Miller here. It's a new football season, but West Side Appliance Repair is still doing fantastic work. When you have a washing machine, refrigerator, dishwasher, or any home appliance in need of repair, I highly recommend you call them. I've done so in the past. They took care of me. They have the best and most experienced service technicians in Central Iowa, and West Side's been serving Central Iowa homes for over 50 years. Give West Side a call, 515-276-8899. West Side Appliance, your home appliance repair experts. John Miller here for the Vroman Group. They're a public accounting firm in West Des Moines. They believe in the value of relationships and view each client like a partnership. The Vroman Group believes their company's success is a result of their client's success. Services include tax accounting and business consulting. The Vroman Group is locally owned and operated, providing services throughout the Midwest as well as nationally. Call the Vroman Group at 515-278-4531. That's 515-278-4531. The Vroman Group says go Hawks. Do you own or manage a fleet of cars, trucks, or equipment? At Manchester Leasing Services, we partner with business owners and decision makers in the management of their ever-changing vehicle fleets. We work hand-in-hand with clients who are frustrated with the vehicle acquisition and disposal processes or who are in search of lower vehicle operating costs and a better overall service process, all to help them save time, improve their bottom line, and stay focused on their business. Call Manchester Leasing for all your fleet management and leasing needs. 515-446-7322 or Manchester L. LS.com. Again, that's 515-446-7322 or ManchesterLS.com. Reynolds & Reynolds is a full-service, family-owned insurance agency in downtown Des Moines for over 30 years. Hi, I'm Stan W. Reynolds. Reynolds & Reynolds offers a full line of insurance products, including health, life, disability, 401k, property, and liability insurance. At Reynolds & Reynolds, we make sure our clients get the best attention, service, claims handling, and price. Please call Reynolds & Reynolds at 1-800-767-1724 to set up a free insurance consultation with one of our agents. Or look us up on the web at Reynolds-Reynolds.com. At Reynolds and Reynolds Inc., no one works harder to manage your risks. Every day, Fast Science helps businesses like yours with their visual communications. We ask the right questions, recommend smart solutions, and help you build your business. Our knowledgeable consultants uncover your communication challenges and provide visible solutions. At Fast Science, we're innovators, planners, and designers. We're more than fast, more than science, and we're more than ready to help. Contact Fast Science today. Call Fast Science and Clive at 224 1210 or visit fastscience.com slash 42. Final segment, Hawkeye Nation Radio Show. 
Final segment, Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. It's 1460 AM, 106.3 FM, anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app. We appreciate the support from Westside Appliance Repair. They bring you this segment each and every week. My name is Andrew Downs, and I am uh, going to wrap this show up here as we get near the 8 o'clock hour with just a quick prediction about what we're going to see this Saturday uh, as Iowa travels to Illinois, a uh, 2.30 kick um, for the Hawkeyes. And, uh, and, and riding a, a four-game win streak, you know, in spite of the quarterback play, I think that's going to change this week, and I don't mean the win streak. I think that we may see – I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to go crazy. I don't want to say that Spencer Petras is going to look like an all-world quarterback and throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns and everything's going to be fine. I do think it's going to be his best game. I think the Illinois defense is going to uh, have some holes there. I think the Iowa uh, offense has has figured out some ways to use Petrus that benefit him, and uh, and I think we're going to see a bit of a breakout game from him. Again, nothing that that makes us all forget about the woes that he has had uh, through the first six games of his career, but I do think he will look a little better, and I think Iowa's going to win this game comfortably. I think the Hawkeyes will be able to run the ball. I think the defense will be solid. And I think Iowa gets away with a, a, a nice win here, a uh, seventh straight against Illinois, and uh, a fifth straight in a row as we head into a big rivalry game, final week of the regular season against Wisconsin. Thank you so much for listening. Hawkeye Nation radio show. Check out HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, Rick Brown, Rob Howe, Anna Kaiser, John Bonenkamp, myself, uh, Joe Hugan, we're all doing stuff. Uh, Lucy Rodine has video content up there. Check out the website. It's uh, It's been improved as well. A new look website at HawkeyeNation.com. So check that out. Also support the Polk County Eye Club. Become a member of the Polk County Eye Club as you support Hawkeye Athletics. Thank you so much for listening. Go Hawks.